Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Baggies Broadcast Season 4, Episode 23. My name is Luke Hatfield and I'm joined by the one, the only, Mr. Joe Massey, refreshed after a break. Joe, how are you doing? Um, I'm doing alright mate, thank you. It's very, very rare we start this podcast with me having had the break, isn't it? Very, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very, very rare. Um, I did notice actually someone did comment saying, I wish you'd talk about football more than you talk about annual leave, which is perfectly fair comment. Um, yeah, yeah. Very fair comment. <laughs> I wonder what the balance is. Do you reckon it's like 55% football, 45% annual leave? We have, to, we have to give a percentage to your dreadful food chat as well. Okay. Oh, the food, ch- the food chat's died down since we haven't been I know. Games. Beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, it's not. It's coming back strong next season. One positive of uh, lockdown, that is. Oh, no, it's a negative. That's a massive negative. Uh, I'm good, though, mate. I'm good, yeah. Uh, busy, busy-ish week off. Just doing jobs around the house, really. It's all you can do, isn't it, at this moment in time. But um, mm. the restrictions are lifting, aren't they? Not long now, mate. Oh, mate, I'm counting the days. I'm counting the days. A week today where you can have another household in your back garden. A week today. A week today. Um, DIY king, are we? You've you been putting up shelves, fixing... Uh, dripping taps, anything like that? Um, no, not a million miles away, actually. Fixing a few doors um, on on uh, wardrobes, bits and bobs like that. What else have I done? Oh, I've got to sort them hinges out, haven't you? Yeah, hinges, mate. Hinges. Spent oh, a lot, nightmare. Spent a surprising amount of time on hinges the past week. It, it, <laughs> honestly, it's been a lot of time on hinges. I'm not joking. It's been a lot of time spent with hinges. Um, but, but so you're lucky you said hinges then because um, I don't think the missus would appreciate it if you'd spend a lot of time on hinge have you heard of hinge no it's like a it's like a rip off of tinder I think basically it's another dating app but oh right it was close no 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 I never heard of that um, interesting that you know it though but there we go oh, uh, mate I'm always connected on social media you always see like adverts for these things uh, no not heard of that um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah but moving on Put up some stair gates. Honestly, mate, it's been a, a gripper of a week. It's been an absolute gripper. Stair gates. I, stair gates are a weird one because I've never lived in a house with kids. We always used to have stair gates for the dogs, which is really bad. <laughs> Stop the dog getting upstairs. Put a stair gate in. You'll be all right. Uh, are you feeling otherwise good? Good, mate. Yeah, I feel all right, mate. Yeah, I'm fine. Good, good, I'm fine. good. Are you all right? I'm okay, mate. I'm okay. Um, talking about dogs, I've been having an issue. Uh, I literally mentioned it before we came on air. Next door have um, have a dog. It's a little dog. I think it's a Jack Russell cross. I'm not too sure what it's crossed with. It might be a Staffordshire Terrier. Anyway, um, so next door, uh, this dog, it's managed to dig into our garden. No way. It's like it's it's a, it's a full on prison break. Have you ever watched Prison Break, Joe? I, I did watch it a long time ago. I mean, either way, either way, it's exactly like that. It's basically dug into like their back, like the the back of their back garden, and figured out a way to get into ours. And it's like three or four times this dog has come into our garden now. But of course, this dog doesn't know me, so I've come out to to pick it up and try and move, like knock on next door and say, "Look, your dog's got away." Uh, but it just stands there and barks at me. I think it's all bark, no bite. But I tell you what, it's risky business. It's only a little yappy thing, but I tell you what, you could lose a finger. There you go. It's not there worth the trouble. Um, so if you hear it, uh, I might have to take a quick peek outside and see if it's made into my garden. Uh, but it's certainly a yapper, so you will hear it from now on then, I'm sure. Um, I've, got away from al- that- 
I've got an Albion related dog story. Oh, sorry, do you? Sorry to interrupt, but let's no, no, no. You, you, you. Do we it. haven't planned that way. This is this is how it just flows. It just flows. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No planning here. I didn't know about that. But um, what's going to say? Yeah. So we sat down with Dar Rocher last week, well, the week yeah. before, when before I was off, right? And then we were talking to him about like just like life, really, just getting to know Dar Rocher. And he was talking about how um, he grew up playing like hurling and like Gaelic football. Which is oh yeah, crazy. Gaelic football is brutal. By the way, have you ever well, it's seen like it? It's like assault, isn't it? Really, it's like, <sighs> it's like. I mean, it's just a way. It's just it is abs- It's so. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's not. For imagine, me. imagine a regular football game, but with boxing rules. Coming from someone who used to get their mum to write letters to get them out of rugby in PE. Oh uh, no way! Did you do that? Ah, uh, mate, I used to hate rugby. I mean, I don't like it either. Like, but why did? I don't know about you, but my school. They always chose like a cold February morning to have the the PE class in which you do rugby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's always cold. It was always. Uh, it's, yeah. It's never. Yeah. It's, I used. I, I used to hate it. I used to absolutely hate it. Look, there's going to be people. I've said it before in this podcast. I've got no problem saying it again. For me, rugby is for people who aren't good at football. I know there's going to be play people listening to this who like rugby, who play rugby. I'm sorry. That's how I feel about it. If you can't play football, you go and play rugby. That's. It's just. I just don't get it. I don't get it at all. Mm. Um, but, any, but anyway, back to the original. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how we went from dogs to this, mate. <laughs> We've got on the right tangent here. But anyway, yeah, so... Um, yeah, we're talking about, about his curling, about his hurling, and all this, and about how, how, like, he's had this sort of, like, tough Irish, like, sporting upbringing, like, building him up for the Premier League. Mm. And I was like, oh, what else do you do, like, Ara, like, away from football? He's like, oh, I just, like take my dog for a walk and stuff. And I was like, oh, like, and I was like, oh what dog have you got? And he, he said, a cavapoo. A cavapoo? Yeah. We uh, were expecting, like, I was expecting, like, an Alsatian. Do you know what I mean? I was yeah. expecting, like, a Rottweiler, because he's a tough Premier League centre-back. Um, but I just like the thought of Dara O'Shea walking around with his little cavapoo. This is the thing, because if, if I was to ever get a dog, you know what I would get? Go on. Maybe a sausage dog. <laughs> my mate, my mate, growing up at school had a sausage dog. I love sausage dogs. I don't know what it is. They look so cute, but you got to be so careful with them. They're a fortune to buy. Like, because I was looking during lockdown, right? Because we're all working from home. A lot of people have done this, by the way. I was like, oh, maybe we should get a dog. Like, we're in the house. I'm in the house all the time. And then, you know, my bosses here were saying that um, we might not. Be, it might not be a case where we ever kind of fully go back into the office. I'll be working from home a lot more, even when restrictions lift so i was like well i could get a dog and this would be great do you know how much they cost oh mate they're not they're not they're well expensive like two and a half bags two and a half grand on a dog i, was like, I didn't know what a bag was so i'm glad you uh, uh no, i mean like, yeah it's, it, it's fine yeah yeah and yeah. it didn't need clarification for sure um but yeah two and a half grand for a puppy and then you've got to add the food you've got to add uh insurance the insurance is expensive for them because apparently their backs go and you need to like you need to prepare your home for a sausage dog. They they shouldn't go up or downstairs, you know. So you need to get like a ramp if, if you want them on your really? bed, for example. You have to get like a little ramp for them to climb up on your bed because they shouldn't be jumping up like stairs. That's not. <laughs> there he is. There's a dog. Yeah, there there is the dog. There is next door's dog. There you um, go. I think we've talked about dogs enough. Oh uh, yeah, we definitely have. Let's but talk I'd about, like you, uh, I'd like you to get a sausage dog one day. I think that'd make me happy. The thought of you what? walking around with a sausage dog would make me happy. Can you come up with a name? Not off the top of my head. Well, have you oh, got right, one? Okay. 
I don't know. We could. Just get, I was just. I was asking you now. I didn't know if you wanted to come up with uh, a name for me to consider. Um, I'll have a think. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Send them in. Send in your names for Luke Sausage Dog. You hundred percent. You know they're all going to be Albion related. Yeah. That's, that's all right, isn't it? I mean, it's it's all right if I was an Albion fan, but I'm not. Aren't you? Come on. Come on. Come, come on. on. All right. Okay. Let's talk Albion because we're we're verging that way. Um, I mean, this is going to be a thrilling conversation to have. Is is it time to accept the drop? <laughs> um, I mean, it's not looking great. I think um, you know the the say the saying "final nail in the coffin." Like, I don't know what you it's like. Palace kind of was that, but obviously it isn't because there's still nine games to go. Um, hmm. But let's be honest, it was like. It was a hammer blow, wasn't it? Look, I mean, what do you say? I think everyone realistically felt Newcastle and Palace were our last shots to really have a realistic chance of survival. But I said after the Newcastle game, the hope had gone. All the hope had gone for me. And all the all the all a win at Palace would have really done for me would have brought back a bit of hope that an incredibly unlikely escape could happen. Mm. Um it would have been it really wouldn't have made that much difference to my overall thinking, even if we'd won at Palace. But the fact we lost, um, um, yeah, I mean, look, Albion professionally, Sam Allardyce has confirmed it, has said that they've got to be making plans now for um, the Premier League and the Championship next season. Yeah, I mean, if it was me, I, I probably wouldn't bother looking at the Premier League. I wouldn't be spending a great deal amount of time on on that, if I'm yeah. honest, but um, I mean, to me, it looks highly, highly likely. Um, I think everyone knows, don't they, that Albion are going to be a championship side next season. There's, there's, there's just too much to do, um, not enough time to do it in, and even then, um, Albion have Albion have been. I, in my opinion, they have been decent for four or five games now um putting mm. some very some very good performances really um we reel off the list all the time don't we man united burnley everton obviously brighton newcastle did enough to win that they played well at palace for times as well but yeah the big thing for me is i can keep saying they played well i can keep saying they've improved and and i genuinely believe those things i believe them to be true um but they've only won one of those games so even when they've got better, even when they are playing well, they have still only managed one win. Um, and that is ultimately why I think we're all resigned um, to another season in the Championship next year. Yeah, I mean, there are nine games left, Joe. Ten points from safety. Next couple of games, Chelsea, Southampton, Leicester. Like you said, there's just too much to realistically do with some hard games coming up as well it just it just hurts that the season is because it's it's hard to say because it's not completely over mathematically they're still in it and but at the same time the season feels like it's over it's like it almost feels done and dusted now doesn't it for Albion anyway yeah, it feels. I mean, nine games is such a lot, a lot of games. Like it's a, what is it? A quarter of the quarter season. Quarter of the season, yeah. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a substantial amount of games. It really is. But I mean, look, Sam Allardyce said 
at, at the end of Crystal Palace. He was asked a question outright, can Albin still survive? He can only say one thing, can't he, which is yes. Um, can't say anything other than that. But he said yes if they win six of their last nine. Mm. Um, well, look, it's high. I think we all know it's highly unlikely we're going to beat Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. Yeah, I mean, uh, the form they're in as well. I mean, look, Thomas Tuchel's not lost a game yet. It's going to happen, isn't it? Like, it's going to be, it's going to happen somewhere. But is it, is it going to be us? I, I doubt it. Then look at Southampton. I mean, Southampton now at home is just, it just, if you're going to win six from nine, there's no, there's no other way. You just have to win that game. There's just nothing. Yeah. It just has. To, I mean, but Southampton were fantastic against us at their place. Leicester away. I mean, how tough is that? Villa at home. I mean that's winnable Villa at the away, moment. So. The form, the form Villa are in. They're not, they're not in great form right now. But but Grealish do, will probably be back by then. You do think Grealish will be back, and you do think that maybe they will have recaptured some of that early season form. The most After one that, man you, team in the Premier League will have their one man back. I did. Uh, I went in pretty heavy on Villa last night. I tweeted about them. I did feel bad afterwards. I was like, maybe the fan inside me tweeted that more than the journalist. What did you say? I said something like, it's, "It's I've never known a team like this Villa one. With Jack Grealish, they look like genuine Europa League you know, prospects. Without him, they look absolutely average. I thought it was maybe, maybe it was slightly harsh. I don't know. Maybe I'm not giving them credit. Well, results probably tally out, don't they? Yeah, for With sure. With without him. Then you've got Wolves after that. Sorry. Well, that's a banker. We'll win that. It's <laughs> yeah, um, nailed on three that's points. Nailed on. Uh, Arsenal after that. Arsenal away. I mean, oh, the running's grim. You've got Arsenal at the Emirates, which is a nightmare. You've got Liverpool, and we all know how good Liverpool are despite them having a down season. West Ham are just having the season of their lives. And probably and still pushing you, for Europe. And then you finish with Leeds away and, and just with fans. Yeah, they'll if have if they've got fans there, it's a nightmare, nightmare place to go because we all know that what the atmosphere can be like there. I mean, if you're picking six wins from there, I mean, get if you can see six wins from there, get some money on it now. Put a tenner on that because you will be absolutely quids in. Right. If I'm being super kind here, win against Southampton. These yeah. are the winnable games. Turnover Villa if they're still in still out of form. Yeah. Wolves. <sighs> Leeds on the last day if they desperately needed it. <laughs> Right. I mean, and then you're asking for a, a shock win against either Arsenal, Liverpool, West well, Ham, Leicester West or Ham. Chelsea. Yeah. West Ham are good, mate. West Ham are good. Are they? Yeah. I mean, they're, what, they're fit? They are, yeah, they are. Yeah, I know, I know. I mean, mate, it just, it just still takes me by surprise. They're two points off fourth place. It's absolutely, I mean, I still, I know what you mean because watching West Ham last season and despite watching them actually a few times this season, I've always thought the bubble's going to burst at some point, and it just hasn't. The bubble, the bubble. I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah, completely unintentional. Yeah, I knew it was. Um, I knew it was unintentional. <laughs> uh, but yesterday, I tell you what, yesterday was it? Yesterday they bottled that three 0 up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Couldn't believe it, but I mean, yeah, it's it's tough to get six wins there. I felt I said to you before. I feel sorry for West Ham fans because the bubble is going to burst next season. Oh yeah, About someone will come sh- in for Suchek. Without a shadow of a doubt, they're going to be back to being the run-of-the-mill Premier League team next year. Yeah. And they'll have missed the whole thing. They're uh, one of those teams that have benefited massively from no fans in grounds, haven't they? Yeah, I, well, I think so, personally. Um, but yeah, so six wins, get a tenner on it. Pick your six wins, get your tenner on it. Um, and be a bigger win than that bloke at Cheltenham. You seen that? No. 
You won like 300 grand on one bet. Ah, amazing. Off a fiver. See that bloke, Soccer Saturday? Do you like Soccer Saturday? Oh, he missed out right missed didn't he, out. by the end. One goal, yeah, Chelsea. Oh, brutal. That was brutal. Are you a betting man? Have you had a big bet before? Ever won a big bet? Um, No, not really. Like, I like... I used to do the odd accumulator and stuff. Um, mm. But I don't... I haven't, don't really do it anymore. Um, I used to work in the bookies. Did you? Mm. Joe Massey of the bookies. Yeah, I did, mate. I did. <laughs> I don't know why. It, I don't know why, but I could never picture you working at a bookies. For a year, when when I left, it took me a year to get a job after leaving uni. Oh, mate, tell me about it. I feel your pain. Uh, I worked in the bookies. I loved working in the bookies. Like it was, it was great laugh. Um, were you one? Of, were you one of the blokes on the desk? Were you? Yeah, just taking bets. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I bet, I bet you got some stories. You have. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Off air ones. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was good. It was good. I enjoyed it. Um, just nice to be involved in sport, isn't it? in any way, shape, or form, and yeah. just watch it in the day and stuff. Um, but yeah, yeah, so um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, I'm not. I don't really gamble now. But yeah, if anyone can pick six wins there, I would. Oh yeah, fair play. If you do that, you'll be a very rich man. Um, like you said, though, it's time to plan for the championship, really, for Albion. I mean, where. Where do you start? You feel like you've kind of got to start right at the top, haven't you? Because there's still question marks over, will Sam Allardyce be in charge? Will he want to be in charge? Uh, will the club want him to be in charge? And they're all the great unknowns, aren't they? They're, they are. They are. We don't know the answers to those questions. There's so many rumours going around. There's plenty of talk. And obviously Chris Wilder's name is very, 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 very interesting one. Alex Neal's an interesting one um, in the sense that he's left Preston in the sense that he was very, very close to getting the job before. Uh, It was was bizarre, that was, wasn't it, at the time? Yeah. um, Almost looked set for Albion and then he got himself a new deal at Preston and was like, okay, I'll sit on this. I mean, see, I'd wonder, to be honest, if Mark Jenkins was at the club, whether um, that would sort of burn his bridges this this time around. Um, Mm-hmm. But um, obviously he isn't there, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe the hierarchy there still hold Alex Neil high up. I'm not sure. I, I mean, I don't expect him to get the job, to be honest. Um, but yeah, they are the great unknowns. Um, does Allardyce want to stay? <sighs> I mean, I can offer absolutely no clarity on this. I can only give my opinion. So when I when Allardyce first got the job, I think he was going to go if they if we went down. Yeah. I've got a feeling he's, I've just, my impression of him talking to him, seeing him in press conferences, I do think he is enjoying it. Um, I do think, I do think he, I do think he's settled into the club a lot more. Um, obviously the COVID, getting his COVID job was a big thing for him. He has spoken in other pre- a press conference once where he did say um, he doesn't think his reputation will be tarnished by Albion going down. And I have to say, I do agree with him based on the fact that Albion's performances over these last five or six games, they have improved significantly. They just haven't, they've just fallen short again. Yeah. And I think Sam Allardyce is going to, it's either three things are going to happen from Sam Allardyce after he leaves West Brom, whenever that day will be. Well, not whenever that day will, at the end of this season, he is either going to carry on as West Brom manager, he's going to retire, or... In December next year, he's going to get one of the jobs in the bottom three. Yeah. They're the only three things that can really happy for him. He knows that. Everyone knows that. So, 
I, I've got an inkling he would like to stay um, based on the fact that I don't see what other job he's getting. Yeah, is he getting a bigger job? He's never getting a bigger... He's only... He, he knows this, he, and he talks about it openly and honestly. He's happy to... He knows his reputation in the game. He knows his standing in the game. He feels he's better than it, but ultimately, he is football's firefighter. He is the man you call when you're in the bottom three. Um, and he knows he's never going to... That's it now. Not That's it now for him. That is how he's always going to be viewed. And he's, mm. he's at peace with it, even though he does think it's the wrong, it's the wrong way he's viewed. But he is... He is at peace with it. So I think that's all his options, really. And I don't think he's going to... I don't, I don't think he'll want to retire, if I'm honest. I think he enjoys being coaching too much. I think he enjoys being with players too much. I think he enjoys being in the game game too much. I don't, um, I don't think he really wants to be in the championship, but I, I, I think he'd back himself to get Albion up again. Mm. Um, and then... Yeah, or does he wait for another job this in December, whoever's in the bottom three? And then the big question is, will a club in the bottom three actually want him? Um, you just never know, do you? Like, for example, if it was Brighton in the bottom three, they wouldn't want him, would they? He would he, no. he wouldn't fit their style. So that's that's I mean, that's the thinking. That's all I can offer you is, is like my thinking in terms of that. I've got an inkling he'd he'd want to stay. Um in terms of Albion, what are they thinking? I d I don't know. I genuinely don't know. I, I think they'd like, if they're being honest, to go longer term, to be able to sort of press the reset button and go, right, let's actually go back to having that blueprint. Where do we want to go? What direction are we heading in? Rather than... I said before, when Sam Allardyce is your manager, you become Sam Allardyce United. Yeah. You buy into him. Everything's his way. Everything's his style. And when the day comes when he eventually goes you, you, somehow you've got to replace him um and it's very very hard um so i think i think he, it's difficult uh, he, he's such i i do think he is a safe pair of hands i do think albion will be in with a f fighting chance of promotion within a, him at the helm i really i really do um but is he the man long term probably not um so do albion what do Albion do? It's a really tough decision. And I think there's logic to both sides, isn't there? Yeah. You can understand why they'd move on, why they'd keep him. Um, there really is a logic both ways. Um, and it's going to come down to those people, uh, those people at the club, how do they th feel about it? You could walk out on the street now, you could do a straw poll of Albion fans, you could easily find 10 who want to keep Allardyce and easily find 10 who want him to go. It's literally going to be those people at the top of the club who make the decision how they feel, and that's what it's going to come down to. Um, mm. I don't think it's clear, I really don't. There are questions as well, even even higher up. I mean, Grouch and Lai and his position in his ownership of the club, it's fairly obvious that he, he'd be quite willing to sell, but nothing's really going to change in terms of finances available to a manager and, and the ethos the club uh, have in terms of finances, unless there's a, an ownership change, really, is there? No, I mean, that, and, and look, we all know the club's on the market. We all know Lye wants, wants to sell. But look, Albion are a, a big club and they're going to have a decent budget in the championship next season. They're, they're going up at the time, they, they, there was always a chance that 
going up last season when they did the benefit was always going to be in a couple of years time mm. that all these clubs in the championship having had this year look, i think i'm right in saying there was no transfer fees spent in the football league was there in in january yeah you might be right i, I don't i don't know if that's true or not I, I it sounds about right i don't think anyone paid an actual fee for a player in january um and that's just that's just uh, What's that? That, is, that is crazy when you think about it. That's just eight, nine months after the pandemic. So this is going to have a knock-on effect for years and years and years, I think, in terms of clubs trying to recover. Um, but Albion will have had those parachute payments. They will have had that Premier League money. And it, it it feels a bit like, as Mark Jenkins said a million times, talk about it a lot, he said it was the most important promotion in the club's history. Um, I mean... If if Albion are to go down and come back up again, financially they will be in a in a in such a stronger position than any club in the championship. Mm. Who's had who's had who's spent the whole time of that in the championship. It'll be they'll be they'll be streets ahead of them. Of course, it matters about what the owner's going to be put in. Of course, it matters who the owner is. But um, next year they should be. They're going to have a. I would imagine they have a decent a decent sort of overall budget not necessarily to spend on signings and stuff i don't think anyone's going to be splashing the cash uh i don't, I don't think Abbey are going to be signing players for 10 million pounds in the summer 15 uh, i don't think if they go down but they will have a competitive budget in terms of what they what they're able to pay players um mm. and i think it'll be more than a lot of a lot of clubs in in the championship they they will be right up there i think yeah certainly Right, um, before we carry on, Joe, I've just got to quickly mention our new sponsor for the Albion podcast. Did oh, you know fantastic. I did know we had a sponsor. I wondered when this was going to happen because I've known about it for a few weeks. Yeah, so the Albion Poddy, along with a host of other podcasts um, at the Express and Star, is sponsored by Adoption at Heart. Are you thinking of adoption? We have all the information you need at Adoption at Heart, your regional adoption agency for the black country. Adoption at Heart provides adoption services for the City of Wolverhampton Council, Walsall Council, Dudley Metropolitan Borough Council and Sandwell Children's Trust and is encouraging those who are considering adoption to come forward and take the next step. The Black Country Agency is appealing for adopters who can give our children lots of individual time, understanding and ongoing support and we are looking to recruit adopters from within a diverse section of the community irrespective of gender, sexual orientation, disability, race or faith. To start your adoption journey or find out more, why not book onto the next virtual information event? Visit, visit www.adoptionatheart.org.uk to see the next available dates and to book your place or call 01902 There we go. Um, you happy about our new sponsor, Adoption at Heart? A great yeah, cause. Yeah, what a great, great cause. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't... I'm just so pleased we've got such a nice sponsor. Yeah, yeah, I'm absolutely... Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, uh, better than Manscape or Bet365 at the moment. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> um, right, let's talk Sam Johnston. Actually, while you say that, actually, um, bet, just on, on that betting companies thing. Yeah. Um, Albion today announced um, three, a sponsorship deal extended with Ideal Boilers. Mm. Um, and I, that is genuinely fantastic news, you know, like absolutely fantastic. News. At the end of the day, it's a sponsorship story. Uh, every, Boiler Man is hilarious. I think he's brilliant. He gets everyone talking. Um, Best mascot in the country. 
He is the best mascot in the country. I mean, obviously with Baggy Bird. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're joint top. Joint top, yeah. They're a great, they're a great duo. Um, but it's really positive news that because, look, a lot of clubs are sponsored by betting companies. There is obviously um, how you feel about that. People, understandably, people might not like that. Um, but also, I, I think there's a real chance that further down the line, like there's going to be regulation where betting companies aren't able to be shirt sponsors. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's absolutely fantastic that Albion have got um, another three-year deal, three-year deal with Ideal Boilers. I think it's really good news for the club. Yeah, they've been fantastic as well, Ideal Boilers. I don't know whether it was you mentioned this. It might have been previous Albion correspondent Matt Wilson. I might be. I might need to give him some credit here because not only have they brought you know Boiler Man to the Hawthorns, and they, everyone absolutely loves that, um, but they've also they were also very good in terms of. The logo and the shirt, you know, Albion have a very kind of classic retro shirt in their away kit and, and the green and yellow. But there are a lot of companies that, that won't have people messing around with the colours of their logo. But I tell you what, Ideal Boilers were fine with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, so, yeah, just a little thing there as well. Um, this now podcast I know you... is seamless, mate. Tell me about it. Seamless. Dogs. Um, from Dogs, Star O'Shea, Dogs and... We cover everything. Cover everything. Yeah. Um, let's talk England. Let's talk Sam Johnson. Let's talk a deserved call-up. Ah, oh, my favourite topic. Um, England and Albion thrown together. What's better than that? It's amazing. Oh, tell me about it for you. you this is your... This, this is my is dream, like a, mate. This is like a, yeah, I was going to say, a wet dream. For no, Jones, wet, you can't say that. <laughs> of course I can. You're going to have to edit that out. Nah, that'll stay in. Family newspaper. We'll say it'll be fine. I'll let you make the decision afterwards. Um, I'm making an executive decision now. <laughs> <laughs> executive decision. You're having a laugh. Um, <laughs> what are we talking about? Super Sam Johnston. Yeah. Um, yeah, really, really open England put him up for press um, in the coming days because I just want to see his face in an England shirt really is that, is that sad I just want to see his little face smiling in an England you're, top you're buzzing for him aren't you I'd just Absolutely. be so pleased like I'd just be ace wouldn't it I just I just want him to play I know he's not going a bit gutted because it's not it's not a friendly because I think if there was a friendly in these three games he would have got 45 minutes at least Do you uh, think, oh, I'm sorry to cut you off no disrespect to some of the teams England are playing, particularly San Marino. But I mean, I could play in goal that game. Yeah, I know, but could you not? Could you not just give him give him a start? I mean, look, I'd love him. I'd love them to give him a start. I really, really would. Um, but I because think let's, let's be honest. Pope is the one who's who's probably got the number one there. Yeah, what I would say is. If it wasn't Sam Johnston and there was no emotional attachment to it being Sam Johnston, as an England fan, I would be saying Jordan Pickford has played an awful lot of games for England. Mm. Pope and Henderson have never really had a run of games at all. I mean, I think Henderson might have only got 45 minutes. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, And this is an ideal opportunity to bed one of them in, probably Pope. Um, and give get them some games. I think that is obviously crucial. So I, th- I don't, based on what I've just said to you, I don't, I don't think he will play. Yeah, I suppose you can't be seen hanging out caps just just because. Yeah, um, I think like 
if you t- if you take away the fact that like I say, it's Sam Johnston, Albion, Sam Johnston, and, but obviously I would absolutely love to see him play. Um, but yeah, just absolutely fantastic news. I, I mean, look, fair play to him. Like he's he said at the start of the season, he did an interview with it with like I think it was with the Times or someone, and in it he said I want to I want to I want to place an England squad. Um, and look, I'm genuinely a massive Sam Johnston fan. Genuinely, I, I really liked him last season. I thought he was brilliant. Um, but he is a goalkeeper who, who divides, uh, who did divide opinion. Not now because he's obviously fantastic, but in the past, um, mm. he did divide opinion a little bit. And I, I would say I was a big fan. I, I was a big fan of him last season. But when he said oh, I want to be in the England squad, I was like, whoa! I mean, that is like a big step um, to get in that England squad. Um, but there's absolutely no doubt about it. He thoroughly, thoroughly deserves to be in that squad. He's he's in that squad on merit, um, without doubt. Been good enough, without doubt. Been. I mean, he's just been absolutely fantastic. He's, he's without doubt been one of the best goalkeepers in the Premier League this season. One of the best goalkeepers in Europe this season. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, he, he's done absolutely brilliantly. He deserves an, an immense credit. Um, I think for sort of the mental toughness he's shown because he said in the summer he wanted to be in the England squad. That shows where 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 he's been aiming all along. He, he's had to deal with a bit of stick in the past um, on social media and he's come through it all um, to be the goalkeeper he is today, which is he's got better and better and better year after year after year. Um, yeah, fantastic. I think it's absolutely fantastic he's in that England squad. I'm so pleased. So pleased. Well, yeah. yeah, I'm absolutely delighted for him as well. The only issue, I suppose, for Albion fans is, is this a, is this a little bit of a final hurrah for him in an Albion shirt? Because you'd think if if Albion go down, which they seem likely to, surely he's one of the big assets. Which you think could a Premier League club a club come and and offer enough money for Albion to say, look, we can't really, we can't really say no to that. Yeah, again, it's a it's like a hypothetical one, isn't it? We spoke about it on the last podcast. Um, the issue is going to be who comes in for him. I think um, where he's, he, he, I just don't think he's going to go anywhere to be a number two. Um, yeah. He's he's he, well, he's just far too good to be a number two. So he's going to go to a club where he's not. He, he can never be guaranteed to play, but where you would expect him to play every yeah. week. Um, and it's if there is that club out there and if they if they then stump up the cash that Albion want for him. And it's a really it's a difficult one because he's obviously very settled in the area. He's obviously playing well. He's obviously got a great connection with the club. If he stays with Albion next year, he knows he's going to be playing every week. He knows he's probably going to be playing for a side that's competing to get back into the Premier League. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of reasons to stay. Um there's two reasons to. I mean, he'd have, he'd have to sign a new deal to stay. You think? Because mm. we wonder, like, maybe give, maybe. Um, two reasons to go would be one, he will take a pay cut. I mean, obviously, he probably will get a new deal, so it won't be as drastic as it potentially could be for others. Um, but he will take a pay cut to go down. It's like we know Albion's players are going to be cut by forty, fifty percent. Well. There isn't anyone listening to this who, if their boss rang them tomorrow and said, we're going to cut your pay by 40, 50%, you'd start looking for jobs elsewhere. So hmm. that's just the reality of it. That, 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 
you can't, it doesn't matter how much you earn, 50% is a lot to lose. You live uh, to your means, don't you? And you live to your means, exactly right. So that's an issue. Wages, of course, going to be an issue, especially if there are Premier League interests and they're offering them a lot more money. And also, said this last week, last time, but for, it's just for him, I'm saying this, is I think sometimes you've got to move when your stock's high. Um, and I just don't really know how his stock could be any higher. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd absolutely love him love him to stay it'd be fantastic if he stayed uh, i think it'd be fantastic for albin if he stayed um i just yeah i don't know i don't know there's other things i could say but i feel like if sam johnson never listened he would definitely leave <laughs> yeah you're, yeah i mean i'll say one um just because it's come to my mind you get an england caller you, you constantly want to be involved in that setup don't you and no disrespect to anyone in a championship, but it's not very often you get a champ- you get an England call up when you're in playing in championship. Yeah, the one thing that I'll tell you what I was going to say again, I really don't want to be like, like I don't, I really want him to stay. I genuinely, genuinely want him to stay, and really, really hope he does. But I look at like Jack Butland. Yeah. And I think, what's happened there? Oh, he's had a massive drop off, hasn't he? I mean, like that's obviously a lot to do with like form and stuff, and. Yeah, he did have one spell, didn't he? Went, but like you think he went at the last World Cup. Those first, there was a big debate: who was going to be England's number one? Was it going to be Jordan Pickford or was it going to be Jack Butland? Yeah. And I mean, now he just doesn't ever play. What second choice at Crystal Palace? Second choice at Crystal Palace. It's just crazy um, how quickly things can turn around and. But yeah, so I don't know. I mean, for me, Jack Butland and Joe Hart are the two keepers that, I mean, they just nosedived, haven't they? Yeah. Absolutely yeah. nosedived. Um, Joe Hart so, to the point where he's tweeting, you know, good job when his team I know, loses. yeah, what an absolute shambles that was. Yeah. <laughs> that, was that was amazing. Honestly, his social media team, someone got someone got the sack in there. What is it about players having social media teams, though? You can't post that yourself. Uh, why can't you do that yourself? Who's got a social media team? And and when have you like it's just ridiculous. Like just how what? Like what have they got on, really? I'm not being a footballer is harder than people realise, right? It is. But at the end of the day, you you can have your own social media account, can't you? Oh yeah, there's some that do as well. Hundred percent someone like I mean, someone who's great great value for follow on social media is Alan St. Maximum. Some of the stuff he there's no way he's got a social media team doing that. He does it all himself. Does he? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you just think like, why are you even paying for a social media team, Joe Hart? Like, what are you doing? Like, that how... won't that won't get you picked for England, mate. Well, he's a long way from that, they now. But oh yeah, for sure. Weird, but yeah, overjoyed. Sam Johnston's in the England squad. Curious to think, where do, where do you think he ranks in Premier League goalkeepers this season? Where where is he? Like, that's a good question. That is. So in the number one, it's tough. It's it's hard with goalkeepers because do you rate them on, you know, how busy they are and you know their shot stopping, or do you like do you put do you hold someone like Edison in super high regard because of all the clean sheets he's had, but he doesn't have that much work to do. Yeah, I mean. Can't say Edison because it must. Be, I mean, don't get it wrong; he is absolute quality. But he could bring a beach chair to like half a game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
I mean, I know, I know there's going to be some bias in this, but Martinez has been superb. He has season. been fantastic. I'll give you that. He has been fantastic. He is a very good goalkeeper. Arsenal should never let him go. Oh, I don't know. I know. I, I rated Leno as well, but Martinez to me seems to step up. United have this weird situation with De Gea and Henderson, and they don't seem to know who's their number one, which I think is bizarre. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Kasper Schmeichel. I've never been wowed by Kasper Schmeichel. I think he's decent, but he's... Oh, yeah, he's decent. But he's not elite, is he? Is he elite? I don't know if he is. I don't know if he is elite. Like, I'd have Lloris over him. Would you? I don't think Lloris is elite. Mendy's okay. No, he's not elite. No, Mendy's okay, though. That's what I mean. He's just okay. Fabianski has been good for West Ham. There's no one there, I'm not saying. I'd rather, I'd rather Johnston. I think Johnston's top five, you know. I think he's definitely top five. Without a shadow of a doubt, he's top five. But then, I don't... His question is, is he top three? Yeah. I, I feel like Allison and Edison get in purely just because, but I don't know why. Like um, Allison's made so many mistakes this season. I'll never forget that game where the ball just literally turned into a hot potato for him. That was incredible. Oh, was it Man City? It was just amazing. I mean, he just generally couldn't kick it. I mean, it was like, he, it was absolutely amazing. Mm. But like, I look at Newcastle and I'm like, Carl Darlow and Martin Dubravka are both good goalkeepers. Yeah, yeah, agreed, yeah. Nick Pope as well at Burnley, quality Pope, goalkeeper. Yeah, good goalie, yeah. I mean, I hate to say it, but Rui Patricio at Walt, he's a good goalkeeper. Yeah, good goalkeeper, yeah. I it's a tough one to say. I wish I hadn't asked that question now because I don't even know the answer to it. Yeah, it's tough, isn't it? But 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 Johnson's definitely in that up there, isn't he? Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean that you wouldn't get an England call up otherwise. Um, last one on this: thoughts on the squad in general. I'm amazed Eric Dyer got a call up. <sighs> yeah, Dyer hasn't played in five games, mate. I know, no, I know, I know, I know, I know. I've, I've got to be honest. I'm a bit surprised. I think, I think, I think with um, Southgate, a lot of it is personality. I'm a massive Gareth Southgate fan. I think he's done a fantastic job of England. I think people have have forgotten that he took us to a World Cup semi final. That's some for some reason that doesn't seem to matter with a lot of people. I mean, well, I've got some caveats with that. But what's your caveat that we played some bang average teams? Yeah, I know you can only play as put in front of you. But come on. Mate, he got us there. Every team they played who was half decent beat them. He got us there, mate. He it, it, it took penalties against Colombia, man. Yeah, but they were absolute filth, weren't they? they were, that was the most violent. Oh, it was a horrible game of football. But at the same time, you got, I mean, Harry Kane. The quality we've got, we should, we, I think we should be dispatching Colombia, but that's me. Yeah, but you got it's a tournament of football. You can't just like not going to just rock up and play eight games brilliantly. Like you're going to have to like dig in and and get yourself through it. Um, so that's France. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, look, I think he's a, look where England were when Southgate took that job. Oh uh, yeah, I'm not saying yeah they haven't improved, but I just I just think he gets a lot of he gets a lot of good credit from a World Cup run where I thought we beat who we were supposed to beat. He hasn't had another tournament since then, though. True. Um, you can't see like, how I get on this summer. Um, yeah, yeah, he's got to be judged on tournaments, hasn't he? And I, I just think he's really, really good. I think a lot of it is 
attitude though i think not mm. not not attitude but maybe personality like um I don't someone like ollie watkins for example his personality and his versatility help him don't they yeah ollie watkins is getting in based on the fact that he is an actual top lad isn't he yeah whereas i don't i don't want to say anything controversial but obviously obviously greenlish without a shadow of a doubt ability wise is in, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's on the plane. I think he's a dead cert now. But he is now, but I think in the past, his misdemeanours, if we put it that way, have held him back with Southgate. That's my yeah, opinion. Con- controversies go against players like someone like James Madison. Yeah, and I don't think I don't think Watkins would have those controversies. No. Um so yeah, I think there's things like that. And I think that's why maybe Watkins has got in perhaps a little bit earlier than his ability deserves, if that yeah. makes sense. Because you look at him and Bamford, that was a big one, wasn't it? There were arguments between him and Bamford. And I think both of them do work off the ball. Maybe Ollie Watkins is a little bit more versatile because he can play on the wing as well, so that helps him. But Bamford does have a reputation of sometimes he maybe dives a little bit. I think, like, I'm a big Patrick. I like Patrick Bamford. Like, I've always liked him. I thought he was, I watched him a lot for Middlesbrough a couple of years ago. I thought he was absolutely fantastic for them. Mm. Um, good player my issue with Watkins and Bamford is and why I think a little bit too much has been made of it even though we're talking about it as well but is if we're playing Italy or Germany or wherever and you're getting two or three chances a game I don't want either of them falling to Ollie Watkins or Patrick Bamford yeah, you want Kane on the end of those you, chances well yeah and if it wasn't Kane I'd want I'd want Rashford or I'd want yeah. or I'd want Dominic Calvert-Lewin to be honest like I think we're like we're talking so far down the pecking order here that it almost doesn't matter. Like, mm. We're going to have to have a, a real bad run of injuries. Real bad run. That if we get to a Euro quarterfinal, that we've got to start with um, Ollie Watkins or Patrick Bamford up front. Yeah. yeah. Like, things would have gone badly wrong. Yeah, because for me, you Kane, Kane starts, I mean, every day of the week for England. After that, I think Rash, I'd have Rashford as my backup striker. And then Calvert-Lewin, personally. Yeah, I probably agree with that. Just because I think if you move Rashford from the left, you could then bring in, say, Grealish, couldn't you? I mean, well, it's it's funny you mention that, because my starting eleven would have Grealish in it. But I know what you, I know where you're coming from. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm surprised Trippier got the call. He's, he's integral to Athletic Madrid, though, isn't he? He he's, is, but he's just come off a 10-week ban. Yeah, I know, but I think he's... Yeah, but... He, I think he has played very, very well this season. I mean, I've, got, I've, not, I've not watched a, a lot of Atletico Madrid, but from what from what I read... I mean, um, they are top of the table as well. Um, he has been very good for them. Good I'd player, Trippier. To... Good player. Think how yeah, good he's... he was at the World Cup. He was fantastic. Yeah, and he gave us one of the moments of, of I mean, England's recent history, that free kick against Croatia. It was a special moment. But I was just looking at the other right-back options you've got. For me, Wan-Bissaka needs to get picked. I'm amazed he didn't get he didn't get picked. Yeah. Defensively, very good. Has improved going forward, but still not great. But I just think, selfishly, you want to cover, you want to cover the fact that he could he could go and represent another country. Yeah, and it's I'd not fair on him though, is it? It's not, but I I think he's just too good to risk losing. But this day and age... Because Trent... I mean, Trent's obviously 
in form, he's the best player in that position for me. But Trippier is not that young. In two years' time, when you you know you're playing another tournament, are you going to be taking Trippier? Or are you going to be taking Wan Bissaka? Yeah, but if I you, think you, if you go Wan-Bissaka. out, if you go, if you go out this tournament in the groups, and Gareth Southgate's not going to be the manager anyway, so he can't be, he can't be thinking about the next tournament. He's got to be thinking about this one. True. Fullbacks are so such like I think ten years ago it didn't really matter who your fullbacks were, did it? With the greatest respect, like it's like it wasn't such it wasn't such a discussion because we had Gary Neville and Ashley Cole. Well, yeah, but can you remember Gar- Jamie Carragher once said to Gary Neville as a, as a joke, "No one's ever grown up dreaming of being a Gary Neville." Like you know, you never want to be a right back. Yeah, true. But that's changed now. Yeah, because they're so important fullbacks, so important. Mm. And Wan Bissaka's amazing defensively, isn't he? Amazing. But if England are going to play 3-4-3 or 3-5-2, he's not a wing-back. Do you think they will play for it back? He's, he's played 3-4-3 for the last couple of games. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I think... I hope he ditches it. I don't like 3-4-3. I don't think 3-4-3 exists as a formation. You just say that because Wolves play it. No, no, I think it's a myth, mate. I think it's a myth. Whenever I see a team playing 3 4 3, I watch it and it's always 5 4 1. Um, but I think he, yeah, I hope they drop it. But if he does play 3 4 3, he can't play one Basaka. Yeah. Um, I just think in the big games, in tournament football, say you come up against like a France or a Spain or someone, that's defensively. A good point. Defensively, you've got someone there who is—he is bloody good. Yeah, he's just going to shut that man down. Is Trippier gonna? I'm no. not sure. No, but you need that outlet. Yeah, his his delivery is very good, and obviously a real danger on set pieces. Last last point from me. Surprised Ward Prowse got a call. Oh, actually, two. Mings and Ward Prowse. Yeah, Mings is dreadful, isn't he? He's not dreadful. But he's not far off. But he's got a centre-back partner who's playing twice as well as him this season. Yeah, I mean, I've in never his, been a Tyrone Mings concert. fan. I think he's, he's got... I like him. He's with, one who gets taken in because of them other things, that personality. Yeah, he's he, a leader. And he's left-sided, which helps. He's a leader. He's a good talker, isn't he? But he's got a massive rick in him for me. It's Connor, so is Connor Cody for me. Um... It was one-on-one, on one, not a good centre-back for me. He has to play in a three, which you're forcing the formation if you're playing him. And I think he works well for Wolves in that central centre-back role where he's given a little bit of licence to dictate play. But you're not going to get that all the time with England. See, that's probably another indication he is going to play 3-4-3. Three, three. Yeah, if, you, if you're picking him, calling him up. Because otherwise... I just don't think he works in a four. And he's be, if he gets isolated, you're in real trouble. Yeah. Right, we've got to go back to Albion or what? Yeah, let's get to questions, shall we? Yeah, questions. How long have you been recording for? Hang on. 51 minutes. Yeah, it's all right. We'll go for 15, maybe 20 more. 15. Let's go. 15 or 20. So you yourself, you were were happy to accept some obscure questions? Yeah, as soon as I tweeted that, I thought that was silly. Yeah, and I obviously jumped on it straight away. And I said, all manner of questions welcome. Promise to answer in as many as possible as long as they're clean. First one comes from Beauty Baggy. Are you looking forward to championship football again with crowds and pies? I can say for both of us, 100% cannot wait for crowds and pies. 
Well, you've got that wrong. You cannot say it 100% for both of us because I don't like pies. But you love crowds. Yeah, but that's not 100%, is it? By, by pies, okay, food. Press food. Even then, though, I'm always a bit like, mm, what if it's a stew? I won't oh, be happy. Honest, honestly, though, it makes so much great podcast content. I am gutted. I am gutted, right, in 10 days' time or whatever it is, I'm trying. I'm praying that I get into Chelsea with you, but I'm gutted the food isn't on. Absolutely uh, gutted. Um, I'm gutted about that because I've seen Judah tweet that like the the food there is crazy, isn't it? It's like eating a three. It's like going to a Michelin star restaurant and eating a three course meal. Unbelievable. And I'm gutted about it. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna if I do get in, I'll have a bottle of water and I'll be sat there and just. Bless, it's, it's great to bring your own meal deal in, but it's not the same. It's not the same at all. Yeah. Um, can't wait to have fans. Like, almost can't, like... You know when you see clips of fans at games? Oh, it, it makes me, like, like, it makes my goose... Like, it gives me goosebumps. I can't, like, even, like... I can't... It's almost like I can't believe that once happened. I can't just... I can't imagine it now. Like, having mm. fans is actually going to blow my mind. Oh, it's, when that first goal goes in, mate. It's just going to be like, I can't, it's just going to be amazing. Um, yeah, it's going to be amazing. Yeah, mm. so I can't wait for that. Not bothered about the pies. Oh, come on, mate. Tell the truth. I'm not bothered about the pies. That is 100% the truth. Oh, you'll change your mind. You'll change your mind. Um, Ollie asks, can you do a quick yes-no as to which players you think will be with us next season? So what I'm going to do, Joe, I'm going to read off a load of names. You're going to say yes or no, and it's got to be an instant answer. Look at him producing a game like you should be doing. I know, Ollie's doing my work for me. Yeah. Alex Palmer. Oh. Instant response, remember? I know, I'm struggling. (laughs) That depends on a lot of things. Ah, uh, no. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I honestly don't know that one. That is a real tough one. I'm saying yes. Cedric Kipra. Yes. Grady Diangana. Yes. Mateus Pereira. No. Kyle Edwards. No. Samuel Johnston. Yes. Oh, Matty Phillips. Yes. Um, bye, Dianya. No. Charlie Austin. No. Darnell Furlong. Yes. There you go. How's oh, that it? Yeah, that's it. Um. There were some follow-ups. Um. Uh, depends on the manager recruited. Someone says, which is a fair point. Yeah, it's a fair point. Yeah. Um, oh, here's a great question. What's your favourite meal deal from Theo? I like, I like a, a chili sweet chili wrap from Boots. A Boots meal deal is good. Boots meal. Come on, what's it? what's a snack? I always get like paprika Walkers crisps. Oh, another solid shout. And the drink? Oh, like a bottle of Coke. Oh, I like to quality fan, meal deal, mate. Fanta orange. Quality meal deal that. Mine, chicken and bacon sandwich. Slightly off 
kilter with the snack. I normally go for like fridge raiders or something and avoid the crisps. But I can understand why people don't like that because I'm having chicken bacon sandwich with more chicken. Uh, and then to drink would be like a Coke Zero or something. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Comment your favourite meal deal. Let me know. I do tweet a meal deal now and then when I go to games with you. Um, what a thrilling uh, feed you have got. Oh, yeah. It's, I tell you what, mate. It's what the people want. This is the thing. It's what people want. Um, they don't want upside down ground pictures, although that's quickly becoming <laughs> something which you do actually want. Yeah. So in future, if you could stop nicking my tweets and just tweet a picture yourself, it'd be brilliant. Yeah, I've worked out a way, I'd say. Yeah, I think I'm going to start. I'm not fixed my phone. It's the phone, the pictures still do go upside down, but I've got a way to rectify it now. It's not quite in my tweets, is it? Because next time I'm just going to wait. No, I'll no, get, no. I'll no. get there and not tweet until you tweet. No, I fixed it. Not fixed it, but. Anyway, okay. Yeah, I've I've got around the issue. All right. Okay. Uh, D Brett, what youth players are you tipping to feature for us next season? Who could be given a few substitute appearances in the final uh, games? See, that's a good question. That is, that's a good question. I wish I'd done some more research. Um, as a lad at midfielder, I've forgotten his surname. It's very difficult to pronounce. Um, oh, I think he's very, very close to being involved. Actually. Hmm. Um. Very, very close. That's good. Unnamed player. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Unnamed player. I don't know how to pronounce his surname. I need to find that. I need to do more. I'll, I'll do a story soon. In the next 10 days, I'll do a story tipping which like young players I think have got a chance. Mm. Um, I'll do a bit more digging on it. Um, what do you think of Callum Morton? Play like that. Yeah, that's an interesting one. He's a lovely lad. Um, yeah. Big... <laughs> He's done bits on loan. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, I'd like, I would like to see him given a chance. I don't know if he might need one more loan, mm. um, just more to like prove his fitness more than anything, and to get those regular, regular minutes, get a real full season under his belt. Um, but look, you're looking at Alex Palmer. You're looking at Josh Griffiths. Look, everyone's talking about Alex Palmer. Josh Griffiths is in the England under twenty one squad now. Yeah. Um, which is remarkable. I was told a long time ago um, by someone at Albion that look, they, they that, that this was a long time ago when it was sad, so it has to be taken in that context. And obviously, but they were like Alex Palmer's good, but Josh Griffiths, he's he's the one they've got real real hopes for. Mm. Um, but that was a while ago, and obviously Alex Palmer has since gone on and done exceptionally well out on loan. Um, so, I think Josh Griffiths is very exciting. I think Alex Palmer's exciting. I think Callum Morton's exciting. Um, George Harmon, the left back. Yeah. Um, potentially in with a shout, I think. Especially as, look, Kieran Gibbs is going to go. Um, there's no doubt about that. I think Connor Townsend has without doubt made the left back spot his own. So, mm. could he potentially be sort of back up next season? I think maybe. Maybe as a chance there. Um... um yeah, but I do. I do want to do. A, it's an ideal opportunity at the moment to do a bit more digging into something like that. So I've only come back today after a week off, and I was thinking that is one of the things I'll do um, over the next ten or so days. So I will do something on that definitely. Quick one: If Sam Johnson is is sold in the summer, not saying it will happen. If he is, do Albion sign another goalkeeper? No. That's a question. That's the answer we wanted. 
Uh, Dan WBA got told to ask in the international break. So how did you get into reporting for Albion and working for the Express and Star? And how do you link up with the Albion and how did you get there? Um, it's good that good job he's remembered because I wouldn't have remembered that. No disrespect. So I get asked this a lot. A lot of people email it to me. You can you, like you you say what you think because my answers my answers are always quite like strong. Um, but I always say to people who want if you're thinking of doing this for a career you have to stop in your tracks immediately and ask yourself one question and 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 the question is the well, the questions are a do i want to be do i want to cover insert name of club which if you're an albion fan is albion mm. do i want to cover west brom say or b do i want to be a journalist yeah and if your answer is if you only answer yes to you want to cover West Brom, if you're not bothered about being a journalist, then you might as well give up straight away um, because that can't, my dream was always to like long-term was to be a football reporter. Um, that was always what I wanted to do. But the truth is I, what, what you really need to want to be is a journalist hmm. um, because I'm very, very fortunate to have my job um they're, they're very few and far between um there's really not many club reporters out there um and they're they're very very hard to get and how you get them is as follows um by and large there are exceptions to this there are exceptions but the vast majority of people like me who cover a club they spend five six years working as a news reporter mm. and that's why i ask you do you want to be a journalist? Because if you do want to be a journalist, you will go out, you'll get the qualifications you need, which you can do on an NCTJ course, or you can do a university. Um, and you will, it is fairly straight, not straightforward, but it's a lot easier to get a job as a news reporter um, than it is to, to be a sports reporter. Yeah. Um, there's just so many more jobs in news. Like if you if you look at the Express and Star, for example, we've got what five five sports writers. Yeah, and we've probably got eighteen news reporters. Yeah. Um. So that's the simple maths of it. For first and foremost, there's just a lot more news jobs than there are sports jobs. Just the maths is on your side. But the bottom line is, and I've got no qualms saying it, is that basically. Good news reporters get the sports jobs. Yeah, because if you're a good writing about sport, is a million is so is so much easier than writing about news. So if you can write about news, if you can go to council meetings and if you can go to courts and if you can go to events and write that story in four hundred words, which is what the paper requires, then. If you can do that and you're good at doing that, you'll be able. Your, your skills will automatically transfer to sport. It would just. It's just. It'll be a no-brainer. You can. You, you can definitely. If you're a good news reporter, you will be a good sports reporter because sport mm. is just easier. Um, so then you've got to ask the question. You've got to imagine if you're if you're the editor of a newspaper, and you've got two two people sat in front of them. One's they both want to be a football writer. They both want to do that. Um, and one says, oh, yeah, I've been a news reporter for five years. This is what I can do, blah, blah, blah. Or you've got someone fresh out of uni 
and you can say, yeah, yeah, I know everything about football. I know all this and the other. I'm really, really good. But the, there's no way that editor wouldn't give the job to someone who's had five years news experience. Mm. Because if they know you're a good news reporter, then th- th- you'll be fine on sport. Um, so that's what I always say. The answer to the question is not, do I want to be a football writer? The question is, do you want to be a journalist? Because I always wanted to be a journalist. Yeah. Um, One thing I'd say, and obviously that is the most, I'd say that's the most regular route into to sports writing. I obviously came a very different route to you, Joe, in the fact that, funnily enough, I did apply for a news job and I was very fortunate at the time that when I was in interview, they obviously saw that I was more sports-based and that a sports role was opening up. So it, I was very fortunate in that circumstance. Timing went well. Um, but you got to make sure you're doing the work beforehand. Like, I went to uni and I always thought, I'll come out of uni and I'll get a job. Yeah, yeah. And it's not the case. It's not the case. You need experience. You need to be... I mean, for me, it was setting up my own website and writing about, writing about something and then growing that. And then, obviously, you take steps kind of naturally then and you're getting more experience within yourself. But I quickly realised, once you finish with uni, I think every every person who goes to uni thinks this as well, regardless of the course they're studying. They just think, oh, well, someone will give me a job. I've got, I've got a degree. And it's just not the case. Yeah, I agree. You leave uni with a head full of dreams. But don't prepare you at all for the real world, do they? Those dreams are all brutally shot down in the first six months of applications with no responses. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, But it's a great job. And obviously, you know, we're very fortunate to be in the circumstances we are. Um, But it does take a fair bit of work as well. My lecturer at uni said to me, if you really, really want to be a journalist, you will do it. Mm. And I thought that was a bit... I didn't think that was really fair to say because like sometimes you need a lucky break. Sometimes you need a bit of fortune and stuff. And, but I now genuinely believe that if I like, for example, the express and star, for example, they do news reporters jobs do come up quite often. Mm. So I think if you went to, if you did an NCTJ course and then you, or you went to uni or whatever, and you really, really wanted to be a journalist, I think you could, there's nothing stopping anyone from getting a job, becoming a, a reporter for the express and star really. No, not Um, if you're willing to put the work in. Not if you're willing to put the work in. You've got to be willing to put the work in. It's a lot, a lot of hours, and not the not the best pay. Um, But if you're willing to put the work in, you can do it. Then, then it's, are you going to get the lucky break? Yeah. To get on sport, I I I mean, I was on news for seven years, and I got turned down twice for a sports job. Mm. Um, and then. Eventually, I got one, um, but you need you need you need people to leave. Like people don't leave these jobs very often, and it's not it's not that's where the bit of the, the luck comes into it, really. Yeah. Um, like I wouldn't be sat here talking to you now if Matt Wilson hadn't, hadn't left. Yeah. There's nothing like so. It's as it's as simple as that, really. You got to yeah. You got to want to be a journalist. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned the first thing, what the, the thing your lecturer said. You know what my lecturer said? Go on. He said, if you're here for a job that pays good money, you're in the wrong place. <laughs> and do you know what else? A similar thing my lecturer said to me. He said, I want you to imagine you walk into a pub, right, when you're retired. You're 65, you've just retired or something. Yeah. And there's two, there's, there's 
two people sat down at a pub. You, you walk into a pub, there's two people sat at a bar. That's what he said. Which one would one of them's got the most money, and one of them's got the best stories? Who do you want to be? Because yeah. if you, he said, there's nothing wrong with wanting to have the most money, and if you want that to be you, then go down a different route. But if you want to be the person with the best stories, become a journalist. And everyone wants to sit next to the guy who's got the good stories. In my opinion, I mean... A lot of people can buy their own round. Not a lot of people can hear a good story or that, tell a good story. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, Leo Watkins, to what extent can fan opinion shape what happens at the football club? Through podcasts and social media, are the club aware of the mood? And if so, does it impact anything day to day? That is a brilliant question. That is a brilliant question. He's clearly thought about that question. Um... I'm sure the club are aware of the mood. There's no doubt about, no doubt in my mind that at some level of a club, whether it be press officer, sporting director, even owner, I'm slightly different with Albion's circumstances. I don't think Grouch and Like does probably know the mood. He probably gets told the mood from his advisors. But 100% a club aware of the mood in the fan base. Yeah, I mean, the media team, for example, it'll be their job. Part of their job will be to to know how fans feeling um and the truth is everyone wants to be liked Mm. everyone wants to be like look luke dowling for example everyone's got the knives out for him at the minute everyone thinks the recruitment's been dreadful blah 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 when he signed this time when he's signing remain sawyers and darnell furlong for a combined five million pound and now being at the top of the championship everyone thinks he's the best thing since sliced bread um and They'll always ultimately do what they think is right for the football club, but they want to. I think they want to be liked, really. Mm. I think they want to be popular. Like I think they they want to. Um, they, they 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 do want that positive press. I mean, look. Let's be honest. If you work, if you're if you're at that level, if you've got stories being written about you, like you can you can have a bit like you want them to be positive, don't you? Mm. Um, no one likes being hated, mate. Very few people like that, being hated. Yeah, so I think they'd be very, very, very aware of it. I think they want to keep the fan base happy. I think if they believe hand on heart that what they're doing is in the best interest of the club and sometimes they have to make decisions that make them unpopular if it is in the best interest of the club, I think they will do them. Um. But, yeah, I definitely think... Look, the question is, does it impact anything day-to-day? I think it does. I think it does impact things day-to-day. I I really, really, really do think it does. What I will say to caveat that is, and this is kind of... It sounds bizarre, but it's kind of one of the reasons why I had my week off Mm. was because I'm just as guilty as this as a lot of people. I don't know if I want Sam Allardyce to be manager next season. Yeah. And I, and the truth is, I don't think a lot of people do know. Um, and I think there's, there's very like strong outpourings of emotion on it. Social media is like, like after the Palace game, it's like Sam out. It's like Sam out. Definitely Sam out. Mm. And then, but after like Brighton, a decent performance against Everton, it was like Sam in, Sam in. We're making real progress. We're making real progress. Look at like, how tough we are to beat. Look at what differences signs have made 
and it's like a real big like like part of it's obviously born out of the situation we're in we all know that Sam Allardyce has got a break clause at the end of this season we're not supposed to know that or it's never been officially confirmed but we all know it's true yeah um we all know that there's that break clause there we all know he could be gone at the end of the season we all know there's a big question mark over the managerial job so it's just a bit like I think at the moment the club almost have to step back from social media mm. uh, and and because it is very very wavy at the minute um it's always reactionary as well but I think I, what I'm saying is it is always reactionary but I, I actually understand the, how reactionary it is at the minute. Sometimes you just look at it and you go, I was talking to someone, apparently people last night were saying Dean Smith out. Um, oh, I mean some people. Yeah, I mean, people like that, you just got to let, let, let go, haven't you? Like, there's always going to be people calling for a manager to be sacked after a defeat. Like, if that's what's going to happen, you just have to write them off. Um, I mean, there's people calling for Klopp's head. It's like, you just won the first Premier League title for your club in however long, but whatever. People like that, you just have to let them, just ignore them. But, like, I don't know with this one. Mm. I can understand why, like, after a win or a positive performance, you're like Sam in, and after a, a poor performance and a defeat, you're Sam out. It's a weird situation. It's a weird situation. Certainly uh, is, certainly is. So, yeah. We'll see, we'll see. Uh, Two more questions, Joe, and then I promise you we're done. David James, not the goalkeeper, I'm sure. Central midfield will be our problem next season in the Championship with with the lone players gone. With our older central midfielders ageing and the younger ones not seeming to be up to the job, what are your thoughts on that position? You're right, because you've said this before, that, I mean, I'm going to steal your quote, that the midfield is built on sand. Yeah, it is built on sand. Um, Gallagher, Maitland-Niles, Yukuslu. None of them will be there next season, you you wouldn't think. Well, certainly not Maitland-Niles and Gallagher. I don't know about... I'm sure someone comes in for Yukuslu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From Celta Vigo. For the price that they're seemingly wanting. So the answer is, like... I, I, I don't feel like I can answer the question about... Basically, without, like sitting down and speaking to, like, Romain Sawyers, Jake Livermore. Mm. Um, I think it's someone like Sam Field, is, or is that, is, that, is that boat sailed? It's difficult. And listen, wait, look, from what I understand, that he's gone to QPR with a loan, with an, option, with an option for a permanent transfer. What that actually does is puts QPR at the front of the queue if there is to be a permanent transfer. It's not mm. it's not set in stone, I don't think, that, that Sanfield has left and isn't coming back. I think that he could still could come back to Albion. Um a lot of it's gonna be down to the manager. I don't know, I think I'm pretty sure I've said it before. Look, I think I think Romain Sawyers and Jake Livermore are getting bad press now. Um because look, they the Albion struggled so badly um in the first what what from when the season kicked off till January. There's absolutely no doubt about it. Um, the midfield now is a huge reason why they've improved so significantly. Um, mm. If you, anyone picking a midfield, if we were playing tomorrow, anyone picking the midfield is picking your Kuzlu, Livermore, sorry, your Kuzlu, Gallagher and Maitland-Niles. There's no doubt about it. But 
Romain Sawyers and Jake Livermore were very, very good in the championship last season. Livermore's form did... They, their form both did, did, did dip. There's no doubt about it. They were both mm. exceptional before lockdown. They, they didn't come back the same players. Can they rediscover that form is the question. I would back them to, if I'm honest. I'd, in the championship, I would back them to. Yeah. Um, can they go again? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I really, really don't know. Like I know, I know Luke Dowling has said in the past, you should never be afraid to sell players. Mm. Um, he's really not scared to sell players. He, he he likes to freshen things up, and I think he likes like the psycho psycho psychology. Sorry, that comes with a new challenge, and that's. This is going to sound really, really weird, but like, in a way, it does feel like we're on pause because there's no fans and everything. Yeah. Like, this season's so odd that it is, in a way, going to be a bit like the last season, the last game of last season. Although, like, there wasn't fans there, obviously. But the first game when fans are back in the championship, it's almost like this year won't have happened. Mm. Um, and I don't know how to put Jake and Remain in there. You basically you have basically paused them for a year, haven't you? You've, yeah. you've like great, you've got us up, right? But you can't play for a year, and then we're back in the championship again. Off you go, get us up again. Like this feels a bit odd to me. Mm. Um, you're asking a lot to reintegrate a player who was trusted to get the side up, but then wasn't trusted to keep them up. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's, yeah, that's probably the best way of putting it. Um, so, I don't know. Ability-wise, I think people need to cut him some slack a little bit. Like, Remain, Jake Livermore was fantastic at times last season. Remain Sawyer had 90% pass completion last season. That's phenomenal. Yeah. Like, they are, they are very good championship players. Um... So, like, I don't think we'll be signing better than them, really. But, mm. but would, like, I really like this, um, what's his name? Lewis O'Brien at Huddersfield. Yeah. Like, I always think he's a good player. Whenever I see him play, he plays well. But, like, someone like him, if you picked him up, he'd be desperate to get a team promoted. He'd, mm. be, he'd be so, like, hungry for it. So would that be better, maybe? I'm not saying Remain and Jake wouldn't be, but I don't know. It's yeah, really... someone, someone mentioned Connor Howrahan in the comments as well. I know you think he'd be a great signing, don't you? He'd be a brilliant signing. And I know there are some fans who still, they don't like the idea because he scored against Albion in the playoffs, and I kind of understand that. But as a championship player, I mean, he's he is top, top class. Yeah, yeah. It's a Villa thing, really, but... Yeah, it's a tough one to get any kind of deal like that done. Yeah. But yeah. Um, last one, then. Last one, Joshua on. J. Both Wilder and Neil were considered before Billich. Both are now available. Who out of Wilder, Neil and Alois would you have at the Albion next season? It's interesting, because we've not really covered the Wilder thing, obviously, since he went from Sheffield United, which I thought was a crazy decision, but it was done. It seems like a standout candidate for any team looking to get out of the Championship. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I'm on the fence of Allardyce. I'm fifty-fifty. Like I've said before, I don't. 
I'd be happy if he stayed. I'd be happy if he didn't. Really, it's a it's a bizarre it's a bizarre one. Um, Alex Neal, not for me now. I think uh, I think I think that ship sailed. You know. Um, I think he's a good after, manager. I think he's a good after manager. The, it's just after the way that things happened before between the clubs and 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 Neil, and they'll look at the performance this season and say that where Preston are. Yeah, it's a difficult one because he's been there a long time. I saw. Is it like forty months or something? I saw. He's been there a long. He's, 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 his tenure there has been a lot longer than your average manager gets these days. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he deserves immense credit for that. Um, because the turnover now is crazy. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think he's a good manager. I do, I do think he's a good manager. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be against Alex Neal, but I'd love, I'd, I'd, I'd love Chris Wilder, to be honest. Um, if it's not going to be Sam, I think Wilder would be. I think Wilder's the outstanding candidate now. Yeah. I like Steve Cooper at Swansea, but I think there's a big question mark whether he'd leave. Yeah. Um, but Wilder, there's, there are question marks over Wilder. It's weird because without a shadow of a doubt, over the last 15 years, there isn't a, a manager in English football who's got a better CV. He has been incredible. Incredible. Mm. He's basically had one bad season. Yeah. Um, everywhere he's been, phenomenal. Phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal. Um, the question marks are, is 3-5-2 brilliant? Has it been a bit found out this year? Um, and can think, he handle money well? But he has been decimated by injuries to key players. Hmm. And then can he, and the money. The money thing is a bit, a bit harsh, really, because I think if you look over his career, he's always done well in the market. But this season, not so much. But this season, not so much. I mean, it's, you look at some of the signings. He's he's had Ollie Burke, and we all know about Ollie Burke. No disrespect. They signed Jack Rodwell, Ravel Morrison. I mean, neither of them really played. Yeah, so Rian, gamble. Rian Brewster was like twenty million. And he's done nothing. Ollie McBurney. Sander Berg has been good for him. Mm, I like Sander Berg, yeah. But otherwise, you look over the business they've done, is it, I mean, is it all that? No, probably not. It's a difficult one, isn't it? Is it? It's weird how you can have these windows where sort of everything goes wrong. And and it did go wrong, really. Injuries and the bad, bad additions have been the reason why they've Struggled so badly this year, mm. but I. But what I would say is, he is the only manager. There's a risk with every managerial appointment. Of course, there is. Like at the end of the day, we're not Real Madrid. We're not just going to take the best manager we can. In the like, there's going to be a risk to whoever we appoint. And Wilder, is the only name, that I genuinely believe. There's a chance he could actually be top draw. Mm-hmm. Like top draw. Like England manager one day, good. Yeah. He could be that good. 
He has had a shocker this year. But, I mean, his CV is ridiculous. Yeah, not, uh, man- not many managers get relegated bottom of the table but still have a high stock and I think he's one of them. Yeah, he, he could he could be phenomenal, I think. Um, yeah. We'll see what happens, mate. We'll see what happens. Um, right, I just about does us. I know we've run over a little bit, but Joe, any plans for you this international break, this weekend, nice weekend off for you? <laughs> oh, no, I'm working this weekend. Oh, of course you are. On Sunday shift. But England will be playing, so it's all good. Yeah, uh, trip to Shrewsbury Town for me. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that just about does us from, unless you've got anything else to add, of course. No, mate, I'm yawning. You've bored me. I'm only joking. I've bored him. <laughs> I've tired him out. He's still got four hours of his shift to go. This I is have. what we love from Mr. Massey. Um, right, from me, from Joe, a fond farewell. Fond farewell. Goodbye.